I'm excited about what God's going to do in the service today. I know that he has a great plan for us. I know that he's going to speak to us. And uh, how many of you just love God's word? And uh, we're really here for him today. Am I right? And uh, we're going to dig into God's word. And I believe he's just going to touch your life. But it really comes down to how we uh, prepare our hearts, how we prepare our hearts. And so let's just do that right now. If we can prepare our hearts to really feel him, know him, receive from him, because he's here. The Bible says that when two or more are gathered together in his name, he's in our midst. Isn't it good that we serve a God that's alive? We serve a God that cares. We don't serve a God that's dead. He's alive and he's right here with us. Sometimes we just have to get the right signal. Am I right? We have to get the right signal because the enemy loves to operate in dealing and speaking to our minds and making us feel certain ways. But we have to eliminate all of that by the blood of Jesus and get the right signal. Because either you're hearing what God's saying or you're being affected by the things that the, the enemy's saying. So if you want to receive today, I want you to just lift your hands. I want you to say this after me. Say, by the blood of Jesus, I am redeemed from the power of the enemy. Come on, let's say it like you mean it. By the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. By the blood of Jesus, as I walk in the light, as he is in the light, he cleanses me from all unrighteousness. By the blood of Jesus, I am justified. And by the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified. Now, right now, Lord, we come to you boldly into your presence. We thank you that we can go there because of your blood. And as we go to you today, Lord, we pray that you wipe away any thought that doesn't belong to you, any emotion that doesn't belong to you. God, we want to receive your word today. Come on, tell him, tell him, Jesus, I want to hear your word. Holy Spirit, do your work in our lives today. We just thank you in advance. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody says, amen, amen. We'll have a few minutes to uh, spend some time with you. We've got the Saints game going. This is, we're hoping they're going to win, what, eight in a row? I'm, I'm seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. They're looking good. I don't know if, um, you know, why, why, do, why do the Saints have to play at 12 o'clock on a Sunday? Can we just get that? I'm going to end a little early for you today so that we can watch the game. Y'all can thank me later. But uh, <laughs> it's 12 o'clock like every single Sunday. I'm just going to protest and say they need to start at like 2 or 3. Just give us some time to get out of church. Am I right about it? And uh, I, I, uh, I love the Saints. Um, you know, they say that when the Saints are winning, uh, <laughs> when the Saints are winning, it could be difficult. People are wanting to go to the game. How many of you know that church is more, more important, important than the game? Church is more important than going to seeing a football game. I've got four of you agreeing with me. I'm, I'm feeling good about it. It's just true. How many of you are just glad to be in the house of God? I mean, it's better. That, do y'all remember the Super Bowl, how great that was, that celebration? How many of you know that we need to celebrate even greater in the house of God? When, when, because we're winning in him. Do y'all believe that? He's working in us. He's finishing the work that he started in us. And uh, we win in the end. And so I want to I give you a word today. And 
I believe it, it will encourage you, and let us just uh, really reflect on what God has done in our lives. And we're going to start in Psalms 104 through 5. It says this, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise to his name, for listen to this, for the Lord is good, for the Lord is good, for the Lord is good. We might give God a little more praise if we really believe he's good. For the Lord is good, his unfailing love continues forever. This is what it's saying. It's saying, I'm coming into your presence. I'm so thankful. I'm praising you. Why? Because number one, you're good. You're so good. And your love never fails. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. His love remains constant. Are you glad about that? He doesn't one day say, you know what, you, uh, I don't, I'm kind of shunning you today. No, his love is constant. His love is real. His love is good. And then it says this, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. How many of you know that God's starting to work in you so it will go into your kids and your grandchildren? And when you're dead and gone, God is still finishing the work that he started in you in our generations. He's good. And when we begin to see that, when we begin to see God's goodness and we begin to really uh, see how faithful he is, then you really come into a real heart of thanksgiving. Am I right about it? Has he been good to you? I mean, I can stop and think, man, I'm healthy. I can walk around. You know, I, uh, I am just thankful for what he's done in my life. I mean, we can get so caught up in the day-to-day -day activities. But how many of you know there are many people in the world that would give their left arm to sit in a seat in this building to worship God freely? And sometimes as Americans, we can take it for granted. Sometimes as Americans, we can be, listen, the poorest person in, a, in America is sometimes the richest person in other nations. And we can take that for granted. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just thankful for this body, and I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful that God saw me uh, differently than the way I saw myself before I came to him. I'm glad that I serve a God that still believes in me. When I was in sin, when I was in immorality, when I was in darkness, he still saw me the way that he intended for me to be. And he brought me out of that. Are you glad that God believes in you? I was telling Leah the other day, you know, um, when I went to go buy her ring, I wanted, the, I wanted the right one. And so I went to the jeweler and I said, listen, which one? I picked three of them. I said, which one's the best? Which one's the best ring I can get her? And he kept looking at them because he made all of them. He was like, dude, I can't tell you that. They're all beautiful. They all have their own unique qualities. He's like, there's no way I can tell you which one is better. I'm like, but look at this one. It's, he said, I know, it's cut this way. It looks like this. It reflects light like this. But this one is, is so good, too. How many of you know that God is not a respecter of persons? He always sees us. Because he uniquely made us. He sees us in a certain light that nobody else does. I don't know about you, but that makes me happy. And for God to be able to set us free, for God to be able to put people in our life to bless us, for God to be able to show us what his son has done, it's not just going to church, but you've had an encounter with God. It's not just being a part of a church, but you, you have encountered Jesus for yourself and many Many, the Bible says that there are many 
that are heading towards destruction, and narrow is the gate. How many of you are glad that you're on that narrow gate? You're on that narrow way, and we might think, well, yeah, you know, it's salvation. No, salvation is precious, man. I'm so thankful that God put great parents in my life and surrounded me by great people, people that are giving, people that are loving, people that are faithful. How many of you are thankful for faithful people? Let me tell you, you find somebody faithful in your life, stick with them because they're few and far between. Am I right about it? You know, there are, there are a lot, there's a lot of sand that can come in your life because the, the waves come and it can move sand all around. But rocks, they remain. And I am thankful for faithful people that say, you know what, I'm serving God and I'm serving God with you and we're going to do this thing for God. I'm thankful for people like that. I'm thankful for this nation. I'm thankful that we live in the greatest nation on the face of the earth. Sometimes we can take that for granted. Anybody thankful today? You're thankful for people in your life. I'm thankful for the person that you're sitting by. I mean, my home. I'm thankful for my home. It's a home that I didn't even deserve. God just, like, gave me a gift. I'm thankful for that. I got to drive to church today. I didn't have to ride a bike or a moped, which mopeds are awesome. Nothing wrong with that. But I am thankful that I got to drive to church today, man. I'm thankful that all my kids, they're healthy. They're healthy. They're good. They're strong. They're, you know, we're able to be together. And, and when you look at these kind of things, when you look how good God is, because we don't deserve those things. We don't deserve them. It's really God and his goodness that causes us to enter into a blessing that sometimes you can take for granted. Sometimes your eyes can get off of what he's really done, and you can just kind of get used to it. But I'm just thankful for him. You know, thanksgiving and being thankful is one of the most spiritual things you can do. We can get all deep and we can say, we can get, go into the deep things of God and talk about the third heavens and all the, uh, the, the you know, all the things that God uh, wants of, of us and who he is. But one of the most spiritual things that you can talk about is being thankful. I mean, you look at Daniel in the lion's den. He prayed three days, three times a day. He was thankful. He gave God praise. The king put him in the lion's den, and it shut the mouth of the lion. Why? Because he understood that thankfulness and praise was powerful. Right? Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They, uh, they kept praising God, and they said, I'm not buy bowing down to your idol. They threw him in the fire. They said, didn't three people, didn't we throw three people in the fire? They said, there's a fourth one in the fire. How many of you know that that was the son of God dancing in the middle of the fire? It didn't matter if, if they got thrown in the fire. They said, we're going to have this, this um, quality of thankfulness and praise in us. And even when you go into the fire and you praise, God is going to be there with you in the fire. It can shut the mouth of the enemy. It can cause you to get through the fire. It can cause you to be close by God just by being thankful. Just by being thankful. And you look at you look at great people in the Bible like Jehoshaphat that had three armies attacking him. And he stopped and he thanked God and God gave him the victory. He said, the battle's not yours. The battle belongs to me. How many of you know that God can fight your battles when you just learn how to be thankful? 
God can fight your wars when you stop and you're like recognizing what he has done in your life. Look at Paul and Silas. They're putting, they got put in jail. They started to thank God and things begin to shake. And God delivered them from jail. And they won somebody. They won the jailer. Why? Because thanksgiving is a spiritual thing. Thanking God is a spiritual thing. It's very easy to be negative. Am I right about it? It's very easy to complain. Now, you can try very hard. You can try. It, it won't take you that much at all to just start complaining about things. But you start being thankful and have a true thankful heart, it takes some work. Everybody, anybody, it's the fall of man. We all can get negative. We can all can, we all can complain. You know, it says enter his gates with thanksgiving. In other words, thanksgiving is one of the first things that you need to enter the presence of God. If that's the first thing you need to enter the presence of God, I wonder what the first thing is to get you out of the presence of God. If the first thing is to get you in the presence is being thankful, the first thing to get you out of the presence is complaining. The very first thing. It is, it is evident, you know, we think about we think about this word complaining. You know, I, I studied it in the Bible. It's very interesting that the word complaining, the root word of complaining means to stay the night. The root word of complaining means to stay the night. In other words, when you start complaining, you stop moving. When you start complaining, you stop moving forward with God and you stay where you are because you chose to complain instead of praise. You chose to complain instead of being thankful. Listen, complaining, it's like a, a bad tooth. It's like a bad tooth. And if you find yourself in a place, if you find yourself in a place where, you know, you're around somebody that's complaining all the time, be careful because it's an infection. And God sometimes will remove the infection or heal it if it's willing to be healed. How many of you don't want to be removed? You want to be healed because it takes a healing. Because being complaining, complaining, it's addictive. It's addictive. I, I have never heard so much complaining in my life till I got in church. I'm serious. Praise when it's time to praise God and worship, but leave back and say, you know what? I didn't really, I don't, I just don't. I, why did she? Why did, <coughs> See, complaining, the root word means to stay the night. And, and Paul talks to us in Corinthians and he says, listen, the people that were in uh, the nation of Israel that was going through the wilderness, they stayed there. It was an 11-day journey. They stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. Think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. It was an 11-day journey. They stayed there 40 years. And you're thinking, well, man, it's because they made idols. They were just getting drunk and partying. And, and man, it must be immorality. And God said, no, no, no. The big problem was they couldn't stop complaining. They couldn't go through a quick journey because they couldn't learn how to keep their mouth shut. And so, are y'all okay today? And so it kept them 
in a going around in circles, going around in circles when it came to finances, going around in circles when it comes to your family, going around in circles when it comes to your job, going around in circles when it comes to breakthrough, going around in circles. You ever felt like you were in a place for way too long of a time? Come on, somebody. Let me ask you, let me ask you, are you addicted to being thankful or are you addicted to complaining? Because being, being a person that complains, well, let me, let me ask you something. Y'all okay today? Um, what do you think of when you think of the word stifle? What do you think of when you think of the word stifle? Now, the Bible talks about it a lot, this word stifle. No, to, to stifle something is to choke something out. The, to stifle something is to smother something. To stifle something is to get something to have a lack of breath. Am I right about it? And the Bible talks about this a lot. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5.16. It says this, always be joyful. Man, we can go home right then and there. We can take that one point and say, I need that. Always be joyful. I wish I could always be joyful. Now, this is not a suggestion. God is saying, always be joyful. It's easier said than done. We praise God like, yes, we all, we're going to always, we're always joyful until your, your husband does something you don't like. Until your spouse says something that you didn't like. Until your kids are acting a certain way. Then uh, until there's a negative report from the doctor. Until there's a negative report in your bank account. Am I right about it? But it says always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will. You say, see a lot of people say, God, I just need to know your will. God, I just need to know what you're asking me to do. Let me know your will. And God is saying, hey, be thankful because this is the will of God, and then I'll show you the rest of the story. Sometimes God is waiting to speak to us by just us being thankful. How many of you know it's an addiction? It's an addiction. It's an addiction to murmur. It's an addiction to complain. It says, for this is... God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. So what is it saying? It's saying to be thankful when you're complaining, you choke out the Holy Spirit in your life. You choke out the breath of the Holy Spirit in your life. How many of you know that we are made to have the breath of God in us? We're Christians, why? Because we have experienced the Holy Spirit in our life, and we have the breath of God living in us, and it creates new life in us. But the Bible says that when you're not thankful, it stifles the Holy Spirit in your life. You ever heard that parable that, like, the, 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 the tree is wanting to grow, but it had too many weeds, and it just choked the life out? See, it is, it is the breath of God that gives us life. It is the breath of God that causes us to really, truly live for him. But as soon as complaining starts, then the breath of God, the thing that we should be relying on, whoosh, comes out of the room. You know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he said, 
look at the people in Israel. He said, let's learn from their example. And so I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to read up on um, what they did. You know, the Bible says that they were in a place where God was moving, he was providing for them, but they got tired of where they were. In other words, God was bringing down manna in their life. God was doing things, but they were like, man, we've been on this journey way too long. So then they, got, they started to turn on, on Aaron and Moses. How many of you know that when, when you are in a journey way too long, the temptation is to start to blame? It's starting to blame other people when there's no life in you, when you feel like, ah, I'm in a rut. You want to automatically point fingers. But how many of you know when we change, everything changes? And the Bible says, the Bible says that they started to murmur and complain, and they said, we should have just stayed in Egypt. We should have just, we should have never gotten out into this wilderness. And the Bible says that that complaining opened the door for snakes to come in their camp. That complaining opened the door for snakes to come in and bite them. How many of you know that when you complain, you open the door to the enemy? They, they finally recognize, man, the enemy's coming in. They're biting us. We're dying. We need to, like, say that we're sorry. And, God, we're going to begin to be thankful. Am I right about it? Sometimes the enemy that is attacking us in our life and our mind and our emotions and, and different things, we, we wonder. We say we're in spiritual warfare. We are. The war is to be thankful. Man, there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on. No, it's kind of simple. Just be thankful. Don't complain. Don't complain. Am I right about it? Now, we've all been guilty of complaining. But when you start to get into the habit of complaining, you suck the life of God out of you and you invite the enemy to come in. You invite the enemy to come in when you complain about your marriage. You invite the enemy to come in when you complain about your finances. You invite the enemy to come in when you complain about your church. Come on, somebody. You invite the enemy to come in because God's saying, hey, I know your circumstance might not line up the way that you want it to, but try to be thankful. See, you can tell really what's in a person not by when things are going well, but when things are going horrible, you can tell what's in a person when things start to shake up. Am I right about it? When things start to shake up, what's really in is coming out. And God sometimes will allow us to see, you know what, I've left out a thankful heart. And sometimes we can, we can feel smothered because of our complaining. How many of you want to do the opposite? And bring, see, the, it's, the opposite is true. When you begin to be thankful, the breath of God enters your life. When you begin to be thankful, the favor of God enters your life. How many of you want to be thankful? You ever been around somebody, they are going to find something negative to say about every good thing? <laughs> there, I've never seen a very, very blessed person like that. Did you know people, the people that complain the most, are the mostly, the people that are impoverished the most, or in poverty, are the people that complain the most. It's true. Leah was telling me a statistic the other day. It said that, that there's a statistic that says, like, a child laughs 140 times a day. Something like, that's a lot of times. 
A child laughs 140 times. I wish I would laugh 140 times a day. I don't know really what it's talking about. Like, I see little Jackson running around. That dude with his little teeth laughs every five seconds. I love being around him because I get in a good mood. You know what I'm saying? I get in a good mood because he's like, everything's funny. It doesn't matter if it's too hot in here or too cold or too whatever. He's, he's laughing. And it says the average adult laughs six times a day. Big difference. Big difference. Do you know, you know, I love when, when kids are a certain age when they don't know the difference between Disney World and the playground. I love that. I love that time uh, of, of their, their age because you bring them to Disney World, they're happy. They don't know enough. You bring them to a playground, that's Disney World to them. Everything. They're happy about everything. They're childlike. Why? Because they haven't learned. They haven't learned the habit of complaining yet. They haven't learned the habit of saying, you know what, I don't like this, this, this. And, and starting to, to get a murmuring thing. They're just happy. What do you mean? We get to play on the playground? Yeah, I'm going I'm to throw you up to the moon tonight. I get to go to the moon? Yes. You know, they believe everything. How many of you know we got to be more childlike? How many of you know that church should be a place where you can be free? Your house should be a place of laughter, not slamming doors, hitting walls, and yelling. <laughs> Am I right about it? <laughs> hey, y'all come to my church. Neighbors, come to my church, and all they can hear is yelling next door. <laughs> no, thank you. I don't want to go to that church and get anger problems. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it, why, why do we find ourselves in a place that, we once laughed 150 times a day, and now we're laughing six times a day. Because I believe, I believe there is a propensity in us that we want to be negative. We want to be negative even when times are good. And it puts a heaviness on us. It puts a oppression on us because we have learned the habit of complaining more than we have learned the habit of being thankful. It is something you got to work at. It's not like, you know what, I'm just going to try it. You just try it today. Not, don't say anything negative. Just one day. You're going to be putting your hand over your mouth every five seconds. Try not to talk about somebody for one day. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you. If you knew that God would take away everything you complained about out of your life, would you do it? A lot of our spouses would disappear right now. <laughs> If you knew, if you knew I'm complaining about that, God's going to take it away. Wait a second. You're complaining about the job that you were praying for. Wait a second. You're, you're, you're complaining about the spouse that you were believing God for and thought was you were so thankful. You're complaining about, about the house that you're in. You're, 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 you're just complaining when it's really good. When most of us, now I know we have different things in our life, can be sickness and different things that are real oppressions, but there are some things that are just rich people problems. You got a flat tire, but you got a car. You made a bad grade, but you're in school. Am I right about it? Your, your, your toilet clogged up again. At least you have one. Am I right about it? I, I believe that God is trying to tell us something, that the big sin in our life aren't these big, grandiose gross, grotesque sins. The big sins in our life always start with complaining. 
It's an infection. You think you're only complaining about somebody that's kind of a distance from you, but it's infection. Before you know it, you're complaining about everything that's close to you. And it sucks the life out of everything that is close to you. And you wonder why God's not moving in your life. And you're saying, God, what is the will of God? He's saying, be thankful. Be thankful. God couldn't get a generation to go into the promised land until they learned to do this. They said, you're going to walk around seven times saying nothing. That was the test right there, to say nothing. Like, on the sixth day, I would have been like, come on, I don't know if he's really hearing from God. You know what I mean? We're walking around this thing on the, on the sixth day, and God said, no, 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 you're not getting the promised land until you learn to just trust. See, because complaining comes, to, complaining comes because we don't trust. Being a person that's not thankful really comes because we have fears and we have doubts. And that's why, that's why the people in the, in the wilderness, it was easy to complain because they started doubting God. And God was like, wait, you don't remember when, uh, when I brought you across the Red Sea? You don't remember that? God's like, hey, I know you're eating manna right now, but you, you don't remember when I showed up in fire and in a cloud and showed you where to go? You don't remember when I showed up in your life? You know what? I believe, I believe if we got a glimpse of what our future really should look like without God, we'd be a little more thankful. You wouldn't have that spouse. You wouldn't have that job. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have that blessing. And listen, and listen, the thing is, God wants to bless us such to a point where he, he brings us to faith to faith, to glory to glory. Why? Because we learn how to praise and be thankful, praise and be thankful, even when times are hard. It's easy to blame. Ask Adam. The woman did it. Right? Well, not my fault. It's easy to blame. But it, 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 it's difficult to say, you know what, let me stop right now and reflect on how faithful God is. Let me stop right now. Before I, before I speak negativity about my coworker, I'm glad that they show up. Before I speak negatively about the person I work with, about the person in my household, I couldn't imagine living life without them. Come on, somebody. It is easy to pick apart the flaws, but it's hard to say, I'm going to see you the way that God sees you. It's easy. We got to become like that jeweler that says, ah, man, I don't know. I don't know which one's better. This one shines like this. This one, this one has this gift. This one has this ability. And I believe that if we just change the way that we think, then we'll find ourselves coming into another level of blessing because really, just like the Israelites, just like the Israelites, it's a progression. Am I right about it? And so, I want to give you today four results of a thankful heart. Four results of a thankful heart. How many of you know that you can tell if you're thankful to God by the way that you treat other people? You can tell if you're really thankful to God by the way that you treat other people. This is a result of thankfulness. Let's talk about this for a second. Number one, this is a result when you're truly thankful. An attitude of honor. How many of you know that your attitude, it depends on your attitude, your altitude. When you have a bad attitude, you're going to find yourself low. Am I right about it? An attitude of honor. Jesus goes into a place. Jesus 
the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, he goes into a town and he says, he goes into this town and he's trying to heal people and it says he cannot, he cannot do any more miracles. Now, I thought God could do anything. I thought God could could make anything happen. But he said, there's something that is impossible for me to do because I'm in my hometown and they got familiar with me. They think they know me. They, they, they got familiar with me. And because they don't honor, no blessings coming. No miracles coming. You think it's a small thing, but it's a big thing. It's a big thing that honor brings the blessing. Am I right about it? An attitude, an attitude of honor. It's easy to complain. It's easy. See, what is the saying? Familiarity breeds contempt. The problem is we get so familiar with people and we see their flaws that we become critical and murmur and complain and we don't get the blessing of that person in our life. You know, there are people that that come all the time and say, you know what, I I went to such and such church and I'm just trying to, another church, because, you know, I really wasn't getting fed. And I always stop and ask, and I say, where in the Bible does it say you need to be fed in church? Where in the Bible does it say that you need to be fed? I, I see more in the Bible of coming to a place to serve. I see more in the Bible coming to a place of thanksgiving. And, and it's, it's inevitable. When, when they leave a place and they come here, they're only going to leave after a little while here. Why? Because they allowed their self to come into a place that they complain about every little thing that they don't receive anymore and they think it's somebody else's problem. Well, you know what? I just haven't really felt God. I haven't really received. Let me ask you, how's your honor? How's your honor? How's the honor with the person leading the ushers? How's the honor with the person leading the nursery? How's the honor with the person leading back? How's the honor with worship? How many of you know if you don't if you don't honor the person that's conducting worship, you're probably not going to enter in very well. It's just the way that it goes. It's just life. And and really, sometimes we can think that we're thankful until we recognize the dishonor in our lives. How many of you want to receive? I want to receive from God. I want to receive his presence. I want to receive what he has. But you cannot receive. You cannot receive. When honor is sucked out of your life. You know, the Bible says to honor your father and your mother that is the first commandment with a blessing. It says honor your father and mother that you might have long life. How many of you know that there's a blessing connected to your honor? It didn't say honor your father and mother if they are perfect. It didn't say honor your father and mother if they were there for you at every ball game. It said, honor your father and mother, period, for there is a blessing, there's long life that comes with it. How many of you want that blessing? This is a commandment. It says, listen, I'm trying to protect you. Honor, honor. You know, I I, I hope that the next generation learns honor. When, When you have somebody that's older than you, give them the seat come into the room. If you have somebody to honor when they come in the room, get your butt up and give them a hug and recognize them. Come on. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Your parents come over. Your relatives come over. I've seen young people all the time. People come over, leaders and older people that, that, that come over. They're just sitting. Uh, yeah. How many of you know that there should be honor? 
when it comes to our parents. There should be honor when it comes to your wife and your husband. There should be honor. People don't fall out of love. They fall out of honor. They see the weakness and they disrespect. And we wonder why we have so many broken marriages. It's not because we have this big problem, unseen problem. It's because we fall out of honor. Honor brings the blessing. The Bible says that when you're younger, submit yourselves to get under the hand of God because in due time, he'll lift you up. How many of you want to be lifted up? How many of you want to be encouraged? How many of you want the blessing in your life? It's not going to happen putting on a face on a Sunday, but on the Monday say, you know what, really, I think? Let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about uh, it, it. It invites the enemy in your life. It cuts out the blessing in your life. Come on, somebody. And so, yeah, give God a hand if you want to. You can say, well, you know what, I'm very thankful. But do you honor? I'm very thankful. But do you honor? That is a result of our thank- thankfulness. Man, I remember when I, I first gave my life to God, and I'm, sur- I'm surrounded by these people that, that are putting together a service where, where uh, I got my life changed. Man, I, I just, man, when they walked and when they talked, I shut my mouth and, mouth and listened. Come on, somebody. As young people, we have to learn how to shut it sometimes and listen. We might learn something. We might learn something. But if we're always thinking, oh, I know, I know, I know. We've all been there. We don't know. I know, I know what they're, I know, I know, I know. That's, how, that's what we have to deal with with our kids, right? Because your kids can find some flaws in you, and they feel justified to start to complain and murmur. They, when they get older, they will try to find the smallest thing. They will try to find the smallest thing, and it will highlight. What was one of the first curses on mankind? It was after the flood, and Moses, I mean Noah, he, after the flood, Noah goes off. He gets drunk. He's laying naked on the floor. Two of his sons, somebody thought that was great. <laughs> yeah, naked on the floor. Woo! <laughs> Not a good thing. Uh, <laughs> and Noah was laying naked on the floor. I know what I'm preaching about next week. <laughs> and two of his sons walked backwards and put a cover over Noah. But one started to point out and say, hey, look at this. Look at what's going on. Look at, and, and tried to uncover his nakedness. What happened? A curse came on his life. If you want the blessing on your life, begin to cover people around you. You know what, I always notice the people that's talking about everybody. I know they're talking about me too. Don't tell them any secrets. Come on, somebody. Oh, they, they only tell you, listen, you're my best friend. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. No, 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 no. I'm not telling you anything worthwhile because you're going to tell everybody else. How many of you want to be around people that can do this when it comes to your life? It's called integrity. Let me, let me just... Grown men sounding like little schoolgirls. Come on, somebody. We should say, mm, integrity is, I know when to close my mouth. I'm not going to say anything. Y'all okay? How many of you know that, that uh, it, it, is, it is really a place, you know when you're thankful, you're truly thankful, number two, when you have words of appreciation. When you have words of appreciation. 
See, one of the main one of the main uh, functions of a husband is to speak good words over their wife. A lot of husbands they want their wives to say everything to them, but God said, "This is how it works. This is how this works. Women honor your wives, and husbands speak words of affirmation over them." It's it's a secret to a great marriage. And if you notice that you're not a person that says thank you, you might be a person that's not really thankful. How many of you know that wives, you should say, man, thank you for going to work every day. Husbands, you should say, man, thank you for cooking that meal, for doing that laundry. But when you're in it for a long time, you're just like, oh, that's just what they do. Some people are one encouragement away from not giving up. Some people are one encouragement away from getting out the game. A thankful person has words of appreciation. Am I right about it? Remember the ten lepers? One time I preached about the ten lepers. I thought it was a great service, and then I went home and realized I said leopards the whole time. The ten leopards. These are not leopards. These are not animals. These are lepers. Lepers. You know, the disease, when their body's falling apart. They're all crying out to Jesus saying, God, heal me. He goes over to them and he heals all of them. He heals all of them. But only one came back. One came back and gave thanks. You know what Jesus said? He said, because you came back and gave thanks, not only did I heal you, but I'm making you whole. Not only do I heal you, but I make you whole whole. When you have words of appreciation, you are made strong. You are made whole. I think it's important to notice Jesus said the one that came back was a Samaritan. In other words, the one that came back was not not of the Jewish people. It was a Samaritan. See, the Jewish people were in a rut because they believed this. When I do good, I get good. When I do bad, I get bad. So anything good that comes my way, I kind of deserve it. Anything good that comes my way, it was because, you know, I worked hard. I cried out to Jesus. You know, I, 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 I did the work to really get healed. And he said, no, 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 y'all missed it because you think that your good works are getting the blessing. You don't deserve the blessing. I'm good. That's why you have the blessing. And you had one person that wasn't caught up in the I, you owe it to me phase. How many of you know we need to raise up a generation that says, you owe me nothing? You owe me nothing. (laughs) You will notice that a poverty spirit will say, you owe me. An entitled spirit will say that you owe me. But someone that steps into the blessing, you say, you know what, you're good. You're a blessing. And it's not because I do so good. Now, God says, that you need to work hard and you're going to get blessed. God does say that, but you got to recognize there are people that work hard all over the world that have nothing. We have to recognize the blessing of God in our life. Am I right about it? And they have this one guy. I want to be that one today, man. There are churches all over America that says, let me go in, let me feel good, and let me plan my Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday. There are churches all over that come in, they, they're, they're healed, they're saved. But how many of you want to be the one church that says, no, God, I want to stop. I need to thank you because I know that it wasn't me. 
It wasn't me that got myself healed. It wasn't me that saved my life. It wasn't me. It was you. It was the grace of God. And I just want to recognize you right now. And I want to tell you how appreciative I am right now. Not just thank you, God, but I want to sit down and I want to tell you how appreciative I am for saving my life, for dying on the cross, for shedding your blood, for raising up after three days, for giving me blessing, for sitting me with you in heavenly places. God, to be a joint heir with you, how can I complain? To be a joint heir with Jesus, let me stop and be like the one leper that came back, and you'll notice that yourself, you'll notice that you become whole. How many of you know that we have to begin to have words of appreciation? Words of appreciation. It makes you whole. It makes you whole. When you sow affirmation, you will start to see yourself come into inspiration and motivation because it strengthens the body. Number three, and I can get somebody to come and play. Number three, if you're thankful, if you're thankful, you will find yourself doing acts of service. Acts of service. Remember when you first got saved? You were so happy to move chairs. When you first got saved, I mean, I moved chairs I don't know how many chairs I moved, but I moved a lot of chairs. I remember cleaning a lot of stuff, not because somebody told me. I remember mopping all these bills. Why? Because I was so thankful for what God did in my life. I wasn't standing around thinking, who else can serve me? I was thinking, I got to do something. I got to serve somebody. I got to bless somebody. Because that is your heart. It shows a heart of gratitude. How many of you know that we are called to be the body of Christ. Some are thumbs, some are eyeballs, some are livers, some are big toes. But you got to be something. You got to have a function. When you get into the body of Christ, you have to have a function. If you don't have a function, then chances are you're not thankful. Am I right about it? And it, it is important that that we learn that when it comes to the body of Christ to give 100% in what we do. You can tell if somebody is thankful by giving all 100%. Am I right about it? We're so thankful to be able to serve God, and we're so thankful to be in the church. But after a while, after a long journey, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about the decisions going on here. I don't know. I don't, I don't know about I don't. I don't. And you're wondering why you don't feel a part of the body. And you're wondering why you don't feel whole and fulfilled. How many of you know our young people should serve when it comes to the house? Do the dishes. Yes, ma'am. Clean up your clothes. Yes, sir. Why? Because somebody's paying the price for you to live there. Well, that's my room. It's not your room. That's my room. (laughs) I'll let you live here. (laughs) How many of you know, listen, Somebody invites you over for a meal, ask if you can bring something. Is that so hard? Can I bring some Doritos, something? And if you don't have money to bring anything, maybe do the dishes. Maybe say, how can I serve? Some husbands need to do laundry every once in a while. I'm going to stop right there. (laughs) Your wife will start looking at you like you're Mr. Clean. 
<laughs> How many of you know if we're thankful for our wives, we need to open the doors for them? We need to open the doors for them. We need to, we need to say, I want to, you know what, let me, let, me, let me treat you. Let me treat you like I'm thankful. The problem is we're treating our spouses so differently than when we first fell in love with them. We're treating our churches so differently than when we first found, fell, found God. We're treating our jobs so differently than when we were so thankful that we were able to find job. You weren't able to pay the mortgage and God opened the door and gave you a job. You weren't able to pay your bills. You, could, you were about to lose everything and God opened up the Red Sea. And still, I can't believe my boss. He's just aggravating. I wish. Uh, and God's like, all right, all right. See, I wish we could understand what the curse is. See, I believe when you give your life to God, you don't come into a curse anymore. See, those that are redeemed by the power of the blood, there is no curse on your life. But sometimes um, sometimes we don't understand what the curse actually was. The curse to have a curse on your life, that is pretty bad. But, you know, when we don't do the things that God is asking us to do and we we set ourselves up for failure. It's not God saying, I'm cursing you. It's God saying, all right, you can do this on your own. You can do this marriage on your own. You can try to do this job on your own. You can try to, you can try to succeed on your own. Go ahead and do it without me. Which brings me to my fourth point. Gifts of gratitude. Gifts of gratitude. I think this is the ultimate, this is the ultimate sign that you're thankful when you're willing to give. Don't say you're thankful for God's house, but you don't give to it. Man, I'm so thankful God is such my provider, he's my provider, he provided for me, but you don't give your tithes. Come on, somebody. If you're thankful that God's your provider, then when you get that $10, you'll give one back. I didn't say it. God said, I'll open up the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing you can't contain. He said, but I want you to give what belongs to me. Well, I'm going to take that $1. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give it to God says, hey, give it to the storehouse first, and everything that you give after that, that's called an offering. That's not the tithe. The offering, the offering is what you give above your tithe. People are like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm struggling. The Bible says, give and it will be given unto you. Press down, shaken together. Runner. You say, why are you talking about, I can't believe you talk about money. Jesus talked about money just as much as he talked about hell. Why? Because the spirit of the age, the spirit of mammon, the spirit of I've, I'm going to keep mine and I'm not going to give is a spirit that can kill you. It's a spirit that can take away. Listen, those people in Forbes magazine, they're not really rich. Most of them are not really rich. You can have billions of dollars and not be rich. The Bible says that when you give, that you receive the blessing of the Lord and it adds no sorrow to it. How many of you want to be in a place where you you receive the blessing? Give. Give when it comes to the house of God. I love Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Come on, how many of you want that right, now, right there? God's trying to help you. He's not trying to keep something from you. 
We can tell where our heart is by our giving. Listen, you can tell where your heart is also by the way that you give to the poor. Jesus said there's going to be tons of people that come to me in that day and say, you know what, good thing we're, we're here. We're here We're here at the pearly gates, and we're, we're going to walk on in. He said, whoa, wait, wait, wait. I was in prison, and you never visited me. I was, I had nothing. I was thirsty, and I was hungry, and you never gave anything to me. He said, I, I, was, I was down and out. I was sick, and you never visited me. And he said, when, when did we not do all these things? And he said, you haven't done it when you haven't done it to the least of these. People came in and said, God said, welcome, well done, good and faithful servant. God, he said, you know what? I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. You, you gave me something to drink. I was naked and you clothed me. You can tell, you can tell, you can tell the blessing in your life and the thanksgiving in your life by the way that you look at other people and you want to give when they don't have anything. Well, they probably just want some drugs. They might be an angel. <laughs> the Bible says you, you can entertain angels. The Bible says that there's a blessing when you give. When you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. Come on, somebody. Hey, this I know this is not a message of like, you know what, woo, like, hey, give. That's part of Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? But it's true. It's where the blessing is. It's where the blessing is. I'm so thankful for this body. I'm so thankful that God has given us enough to be able to open up our houses and, and be able to serve the kingdom of God. He, he's given it all to us. He's given it all to us. He's given it all to us. Why? Because he wants us to give him glory for what all that he has given him given us. How many of you want to be like the one leper today and say, you know what? If nine other churches are out here not really truly being thankful, I want to be the one. I want to be the one. Even if it's not going the way that I want it to go, God, how can I give? God, how can I, how can I, how can I, what can I say to you? What can I do for you? How can I serve? I want to do something today. You know, I, I think it's important that if we've come into a place that's just murmuring and complaining, to say, you know what, God, I must stop and reflect on how good you are. Not, you know what, God, I'm going to give it about a minute. I'm going to give it a minute. Thank you, God, for my family. Thank you for this nation. Thank you for my health. Thank you. That's not reflecting. Am I right about it? People in the days of old, they made altars. They set up altars. They, they built things. They built monuments. Why? Because he said, when I come back to this place, I'm going to worship God, and I'm going to celebrate. God put things in his calendar that said, I want you to celebrate all day because I want you to recognize my goodness. Come on. There are things that you forgot God did, and he wants you to celebrate them today. If we take away anything today, take away this. That God is good, he is faithful, and his faithful love endures forever to generation to generation. If we can just be that one that said, I know I don't deserve it, but God, let me give you thanks. Come on, let's all stand up. I want to do something. I want to do something special. We didn't, 
you know, we didn't take up the offering at the beginning of the service. I want to take it all at the end. Why? Because sometimes we can get so much in a routine that we say, you know what, I'm giving my offering. I'm giving my offering. Instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to worship you and I'm going to thank you. Now I'm going to give. Come on, somebody. I'm so thankful that I'm able to give. I'm so thankful that I'm able to be in his presence. You know, I think it's, I think it's important. I think it's good. I, I want to challenge you. You know, we're going to play one song. We're actually going to play it over the speakers. But I think it's good because, you know, our worship team has to actually play music all the time, not actually <laughs> be where we are. I think it's good and healthy that all of us together can say, you know what, I'm going to stop and I'm going to worship you. And we might play one song. We're going to play it right now. <laughs> Hold on a second. You're like, please get off the mic. We're ready to worship God. <laughs> we're, we're, we are going to take time. We're going to turn it up. And let's worship. And if I can get the ushers, bring the offering baskets here. And I want to challenge you. I, I want to challenge you. Let's not leave until we have a heart of gratitude. Let's not leave until we say, you know what, God, you're so good. Let me give to you. Let me be thankful today. Come on, if you can, just lift your hands. Let's, let's put on this music and let's worship with all our heart. Come on.